What's up, rich friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. And this week, I have the spiciest guest to date on the pod. So if you're listening in and the ears are under 18 around you, please put in a pair of headphones. Yes, this week we are talking about sex. In this modern era, I think we can all appreciate that sex sells. And people have certainly gotten less prudish about showing their bodies or being supportive of sex work. And there's certainly no shortage of people watching and creating content on platforms like OnlyFans and Pornhub. But a topic that we don't talk about enough is the money behind this industry and why the financial system still has a long way to go. I don't want to spoil this incredible rags to riches story. And with that, I'm so excited to introduce international sex symbol, TikTok star, and one of the top paid creators on OnlyFans. Everyone, please welcome Rebecca Goodwin. Hi, that was such an introduction. Thank you. Oh, of course. Um, thank you so, so much for being here. And I genuinely can't wait to learn more about your story. Obviously, I'd love to start at the beginning. Where and how did you grow up? And was working in the sex industry or porn industry something that you'd always wanted to do? No, no, I definitely didn't want to work in the porn industry from being a child. Um, <laughs> but it was never it was never really something I ever expected that I would do. To be honest, I used to be someone that was quite close-minded about it myself. Um, so it was when I started it four years ago, um, it wasn't as OnlyFans wasn't as well known and things like that. So before that, I was a bit like, are you really doing that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad now, obviously. I can remember seeing like a Facebook memory popping up and I, it was me writing a status saying, um, can't believe people just get the clothes off and put it on Facebook. Like, do you not have any self-respect? <laughs> wow. I actually used to be one of the haters um, up until, yeah, I started, I sort of changed my friend group and everything. And I got a little bit more open-minded and started unlearning things that, you know, I've been taught to me through my childhood. So yeah, childhood was, it was pretty rough one. I'm not going to lie. My dad ran off with my mum's sister so they got married oh wow um yeah there's quite a lot of abuse in the family quite young I actually got pregnant by um my rapist um so my daughter's 11 years old now I got pregnant with her when I was 16 so um yeah I've always had children ever since being a child and I've really struggled financially because the cost of childcare and the, you know, minimum wage, yeah. it doesn't really, it doesn't really go hand in hand. They sort of charge more for childcare than you can ever make in a month of, you know, working part time anyway. So yeah, I grew up in poverty. Uh, I used to eat from food banks. I've got two children now. Uh, when I was pregnant with my second one, the father left, so I couldn't afford childcare again. So I was like, what can I do? You know, what talents do I have? And I thought, well, I've got some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it worked out well in the end. <laughs> I think people don't appreciate like how funny you are and how good your like timing and delivery is. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know, I think it's really interesting that now as someone who is, you know, very successful in their career in this industry, like you said that you changed a friend group and that's really what led to that mindset shift. So like what actually led you getting into OnlyFans? Was it one of these new friends being like, hey, by the way, like this isn't actually like decent money-making opportunity? Not really, no. I said it was more my family that I cut off than it was um, friends. I didn't have many friends. Um, but like my dad, he was very, very close-minded. He was mm. racist, but he would hate the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing. But I sort of just cut him off and never spoke to him again and sort of unlearned everything that he had taught me. Um, but I didn't I didn't know anybody that was doing 
doing this like I didn't have any I genuinely thought like oh I'm one of the first people to ever do this <laughs> really naive obviously but um no it wasn't it was just sheer desperation I guess of not being able to afford food for my kids um it was a case of I did have social services quite a few times come around to my house because here you have to get a voucher from a doctor or a health visitor mm. in order to get the food from the food banks so when you get too many of them you know they can refer social yeah. services and be like obviously I'm not able to support my children so when it got to that stage I was like I need to do something and um, so yeah I started it out of sheer desperation rather than anyone telling me to do it it was sort of a shock to everyone it was even myself that I'd done it so yeah I I absolutely hate that you were put in that position where you had to make any sort of decision out of a place of desperation. But do you mind me asking, before you moved into the adult entertainment space, what were you doing? How much were you making? Did you like that job? I had lots of different jobs. I kept getting the sack because obviously my kids would get chicken pox or whatever and I'd have to yeah. take the time off. But uh, directly before doing OnlyFans, I worked at Debenhams um, in the cafe. I've worked mainly retail jobs, um, hobby craft, um, and I've also worked in a secure unit for adults with challenging behaviours as a support worker. So I just like jobs that, you know, yeah. no skill is required, no qualifications are required because I've got nothing more than GCSEs. Wait, I have a, I have a stupid American question what is GCSEs is that like our high school degree yeah so that we get GCSEs when we're let me think 15 I think 14 15 but yeah it's okay sort of the yeah or is it 16 sort of the end of school okay grades that you need yeah I don't even know what year it is <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I can't remember I think it's like yeah I think it's about 15 but you sort of have to pick what you want to do at mm -hmm. that age and you have to pick yeah. what you want to do for the rest of your life apparently because these grades are um you know they go towards your university and your a-levels and things like that so I did it at 15 I didn't know what I wanted to do, no. do you know what I mean so I was just like oh the teacher in geography is nice I'll pick that one so I sort of you know failed at the first hurdle because I just wasn't ready to choose what I wanted to do I didn't know what I was doing so I sort of yeah I just went into jobs with no skill and sort of work 16 hours where I could around the children and I would get about 400 pound a month but that would go on rent you know I got, I got into like a lot of debt taking out payday loans trying to afford things to the point that I had a mini bankruptcy just before doing any fun so I was bankrupt um not obviously like a company but as a person bankrupt and then obviously only fans came around and just changed all of that for me so yeah in in terms of like you know making you said 400 pounds a month yeah I need to do a little bit of math but 400 pounds a month is certainly does not feel like enough to sustain you through a year no, no, but I could only work part-time. This is basically right. the children. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but then when they take na tax and national insurance and everything, it left me with nothing. And they would pay a bit of my rent, but they would, ref like, the council would pay a bit in benefits towards, but not the whole sort of amount because I was working, whereas if I wasn't right. working, they would have paid the full amount. Um. So, yeah, it was just a bit of a catch-22 situation, and I felt the best way to get rid of that situation was to sell my flaps on the internet <laughs> yeah <laughs> there we go it's worked so yeah get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program 
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. In terms of, um, you know, your biggest concerns back then, it sounds like your entire life has revolved around your kids. And oh, yeah. I think you are, you know, a, an amazing mom. What was the, your biggest concern growing up and having that be their experience? Like, what were you worried about for them? Um, it was more the case of obviously professional people had got involved at that time. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to lose my children. if I'm feeding them Uncle Ben's rice from the from the food yeah. bank all the time. Um, so obviously, I one part of me was like, if I do this, there's a chance they're going to get bullied in the future. People are going to yeah. know because obviously the aim of the game with OnlyFans is to get seen by as many people as you possibly can so that you can sell the subscriptions. Of course. And then, but the, on the other hand, it was... I'm really struggling. I have been for a while and there's a chance I'll lose my kids if I don't, you know, do something dramatically to change the fact that I've got people knocking on my door. Um, and look, they used to, like, social services used to check the beds and the cupboards and obviously I wouldn't have much food in the cupboards and you could see the concern on the face. Mm -hmm. So I had the concern that they were going to go, that they were going to get taken away from me. But now, obviously, there is the concern that they're going to get bullied. But at the end of the day, I think it's the bullies. 100% of bullying is caused by bullies. So I'll just stand yeah. my ground with this one and you know people will say oh your kids are going to get bullied blah 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 but at the end of the day it's their kids that are going to be the bullies right i'd rather raise my kids to be respectful and not bully other children there might be a chance that they will get bullied but obviously that's something we can deal with when we get to it so that is such a great attitude like you know the when it comes to bullies like the problem is the parents who are not telling their children don't bully others not yeah. Your kids. Well, they're, for... too, they're too bothered about being online, you know, saying stuff to me. The parents, like, oh, you've got no self-respect. Your kids are going to get bullied. Meanwhile, their kids are in the background bullying other kids. Right. And they, they don't even realize that they are the problem most of the time. Not me. Like, my job's not affecting their kids or them in any way. No. There's no reason. But it's almost like the parents seem to think that, oh, she's a porn star. Her kids should get bullied. And it's like, that's where the behavior is learned. Yeah. You know, there's, there's never a reason to bully someone. You might not like somebody. You just scroll on. You just get on with your life, whatever there's no reason why you should just bully them and anyone that thinks that there is and that porn is a reason to bully someone they are the ones that are raising the bullies themselves so that is 100% the best mentality and obviously not everyone can make a full-time job out of being an OnlyFans model or doing porn yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about your early days what led to that meteoric rise and why do you think you're able to appeal to such a large audience aside from being so funny <laughs> well I actually started building up social media way before before I started any fans, I used to work on Snapchat quite a lot, mm -hmm. just sort of building a following. And then I got an Instagram, started building that up a little bit. Um, but I just used comedy clips and people start, you know, doing my own <laughs> little funny, con you know, yeah. just doing what I like to do basically, but other people seem to like it. And then as I got more and more followers, people start, you know, men started messaging me saying, oh, can I have a look at you naked? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, you can for a tenner. So I actually started taking money via bank transfer before doing oh, any wow. fans. And it got to a point where I was like, 
you know, all this money's coming in. I need, uh, I need sort of a log or something so I can keep yeah, track yeah. of the taxes. So I looked into websites that allow subscription services and OnlyFans is the first one that I found. But because I always had, because I already had that large, large audience on Snapchat and Instagram at that point, I had somewhere to promote it to already. People were already, so I think, waiting for it in a way mm-hmm. everything was getting a little bit more provocative so then when I dropped the link everybody subscribed and in the first like two weeks I made two thousand dollars which is obviously triple well yeah. quadruple what I was making in a month working yeah. so like there's no point in me carrying on looking yeah. for my job yeah. I'll just go with this I didn't expect it to last long but it just sort of got better and better but for me, I make all my money through subscriptions and I've always posted on social media anyway because I've always been quite isolated with having young children my whole life, like my yeah. whole adult life. So I've always used social media as a friend in a way, sort of talk to social media and my stories. So it doesn't feel like work. Um, I just wanted to find a way to monetize it and obviously a link on those social medias with a little subscription fee is the best way to do it. So yeah, it's it's been really easy for me, but obviously that's not the case for everyone. I think the average earnings on OnlyFans is about £134 per month, um, so less than $200 per month. Yeah. So I am really lucky. Um, it is quite hard. It doesn't seem as hard for me because, like I say, I'm used to doing it. Social media is not a job to me. It's a bit of it's fun. fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm posting what I want to post. and um, But it is marketing, advertising, you know, watching the drops and the climbs and having to get the content model release forms there's so much behind it that people don't understand and the truth is not everybody gets rich it's not a get rich quick scheme and it can be detrimental to the rest of your life and employers and things like that so people need to be aware of that as well definitely obviously nowadays you are making a very very large sum of money if you're comfortable would you be able to share what you're making these days so on average i make anything from eighty thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a month Wow. So <laughs> that is a real step up for making 400 pounds a month. Yeah. I mean, the tax man loves me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, the tax man loves you. Can I ask, genuinely curious, do you like your job in terms of like OnlyFans and doing porn? Or is it something that you're like, you know what, this is a means to an end. This gives me the best life possible, it gives my kids the best life possible. Okay, so I absolutely love the social media side of it. Mm. I love coming up with the ideas and creating because I do different films like um, Super Mario Hose, I've just filmed. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Askang Bang. Um, so I love coming up with those ideas and the location, and I love doing like the acting at the beginning. But then when it comes to the sex, I get very nervous. I'm not like telling the truth. I'm not a very sexual person. I don't. I could go forever without sex, absolutely. But that is the part that sells. So I don't hate it. Um, but if there was a way that I could do acting with my clothes on and still get paid the same amount, yes, I would do it. Because I'm not, I'm self-conscious. I've got my baby belly. I've got psoriasis all over my knees and legs. So it's quite, it's quite nerve wracking. But when I'm in it, it's like, just please the camera, please the camera, if you know what yeah. I mean. But, um, I do love everything. I just struggle with the actual sexy part but a lot of people don't realize that is 10% of the job that I'm doing so 90% of the job I love 10% the sexy part I don't really I don't love it but I don't dread it I just get very nervous (laughs) I think it is so inspiring to hear you say that because I'm sure so many of the people listening will 
you know, look you up and be like, wow, someone who looks like you and is so beautiful and like conventionally attractive (laughs) would like never worry about those things. But to hear you be like, well, I'm still, you know, conscious, self-conscious about this. And like, you know, talking about the psoriasis on your knees. Like, I think that's like so relatable. Yeah. It started off being like, oh, I can't show this. I'm going to edit this yeah. out. And I've got to the point where I'm like, people have psoriasis and people have babies. Yeah. It's going to make people more, you know, more confident in a way. I just want, yeah, I kind of like the fact that people know that I do have these self-confidence issues because I think everybody does everybody does it's just I've sort of had to push it to the side fake it till yeah. I make it exactly I, I, it took me years it took me three years to be able to work with somebody else because uh, I was so nervous so I just worked on my own for three years and then I did my first collaboration with Danny D um and then ever since then I've really loved it um it's just yeah like I say is I think anybody even the most perfect person in the world they would still have their their insecurities a lot of people have insecurities that you know nobody would ever notice on them but it's just something we all have and that's okay so I don't edit it all out now I just sort of people accept that um I'm scabby on my knees I love that. I love that so much. A lot so of people much. seem to think, like, comment on my TikTok videos when I've got dresses on, like, have you been shagging it? Like, yeah, it's definitely not psoriasis. I've been it's very definitely- naughty. You should go and watch it on my page. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been chilling in bed. <laughs> that is so, so funny. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Obviously, your finances have changed so much. What do your finances nowadays look like for your family and how have they changed? Yeah, obviously, a lot better than they were. Um, But most of the money is invested. So I'm investing in Mm -hmm. property. Yes, (laughs) we know what we're doing. Yeah, I've invested in property. So um, it's sort of going to be a case of I can pass everything down to my children when I need to or, you know, when they're old enough. I'd I'd never want to, like, give them... I want to to wait until they're old enough so that they can either decide to make a business with the properties that I've invested in or whether to sell them and blow the money. But I'm hoping I'm going to (laughs) wait long enough (laughs) that they're going to decide, actually, maybe we should make a business with the properties but yeah so I don't have I pay myself a salary so I'm Mm -hmm. not walking around with millions and millions of pounds in my bank that's right I pay myself three thousand pound per month and then the rest goes into the company account um, and then I use that for obviously investments and things like that so I'm trying to be as sensible as I can like I say tax does take a lot last year I paid 189,000 pounds in tax for one year alone um so there are obviously downsides as well but I can't complain (laughs) no certainly and you are you know I think you are so so savvy and 
I know this is where people probably thought the podcast was going to end, but we are just getting started. <laughs> I mean, you're you're now a bona fide millionaire. I, you know, and what's so cool is that you're setting all of this money aside. You are a woman of business, a businesswoman, if you will. And instead of blowing your entire newfound fortune on tables or at the club or on designer clothes, like you talk about investing in in particular in real estate. How did you get into that? How did you even know to do that? Well, I didn't, to be honest. What what happened was obviously I was getting a big income and I was in my head, I was like, if I fail this, my kids, you know, people are going to be like, ah, oh, your mom has done all this and you've got nothing. So I knew I had to invest it. I knew I couldn't blow it on myself. I knew that it had to be for them too. But otherwise yeah. it's not worth doing. Like if I was on my own eating from a food bank, I wouldn't care, do you know what I mean? I just be fine um so I was like obviously there's a lot of cryptocurrency and I'm just not I don't understand it and I don't have Mm -hmm. the time to even try and understand it but I just know that obviously one of the most stable markets well not I wouldn't say the housing market is stable but it's definitely (laughs) one worth investing into um so I just wanted something that was physical rather mm-hmm. than crypto. I know people might shout at me for that, but I don't understand it. No, um, I, don't I worry. Don't... I am I am very like, <laughs> don't invest anything you can't afford to lose in, uh, into yeah. crypto. Like I am very much like, look at the uh, diversified portfolios of like stocks and bonds. I'm like very boring in that way. But yeah. I, okay, so talk to me about, you're like, I want to have something that I can physically touch. So you decide yeah. to buy. Yeah, so I bought houses and um, obviously up until my children want them or need them, which is years to come as they're still obviously in school, etc. Um, Up until then, I am renting them out through a affordable housing plan that I've got. So all the houses will be rented out to people that are currently in homeless shelters or temporary housing or Elm Foundation Women Aid, Women's Aid people that desperately need houses, but they will be charged next to nothing, basically. Once they get their their benefits, their money from the government, um, they will have nothing to add on top of that. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of them getting the houses paid by the government um, and obviously them having the luxury of having big nice house and not having to worry about you know getting ripped off or the rents changing or anything like that because obviously these houses are for my children but if I can help people while they're here um then I'd like to because obviously I used to live in private rent and they'd put the rent up and I'd struggle and you know they'd always have these strict rules about mowing the garden so I've had all the gardens done so they've got no grass in them anymore so people don't have to worry about that it's all built up um but yeah I sort of wanted to do something because I just really struggled with the private and I know that obviously rent prices at the minute I don't know what it's like over there but here it is Mm -hmm, they're high so bad so bad (laughs) yeah and typically when like parents buy homes for their children they don't then go and rent them out in affordable housing programs to help other people like do you think it's because you struggled so much before you found this career success that you wanted to do that yeah, but not only that, it makes sense to me because this is the property rental is never going to be my main business while I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a month. So it's right. like, why not? You know what I mean? I don't need the. I don't need to make this an extra income. I don't need to make this. Make one day I might need to make it my main business, but right now everything is fine. I'm making more than enough money on one page to be able to just help out a few people that are struggling. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've used like women's aid and obviously the food banks and been in temporary housing before, and I just know how horrible it is, and having to find 
like a bond, an initial bond and rent up front. People can't do it because you need like £2,000 or something just to move into a property. And it's just, you know, I don't know how anyone is expected to do that, especially in the current cost of living crisis that we're in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say a lot of it is empathy for people that are in the same situation that I used to be. But also, I don't need to monetize from this. This is my, These are my kids' houses, do you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. I've got the physical house, I've still got the cash building up in these anyway. So, and I'll always have the income from the people that are, well, it's technically from the government, um, from the people that are renting. So that's to maintain the houses. Yeah, it's just I don't need the more, I don't need more money. I'm happy to help. <laughs> that's amazing. And also a proof point that women should run the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I want to talk about is even making a hundred thousand pounds a month you still faced financial challenges when you went to go buy these homes. When you went to the bank and you went and said, hey, look at how much money I have. Look at how much money I make. I need a mortgage. They told you to basically fuck off. Yes, they did. They said that my job was not stable. So they couldn't obviously offer me a mortgage with an Mm -hmm. unstable income. Not only that, but my bank shut me down. Uh, My company account shut me down uh, for the nature of my work, which is just crazy because they did advertise as sex worker friendly. And then when they got enough money and got more popular Mm. to get investors, they just banned all of our accounts and made us move the money within 28 days. Um, So I didn't really have the the statements and things that I needed to be able to get the mortgage because I couldn't get them from this account. And then obviously they said that the money was not a stable income. Yeah. A lot more stable than their income though. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I, that just really upsets me, right? Because I think this is something that is both true in the UK where you live, but also in the US and in many other countries in that people who work in the adult industry, who work, who do sex work may have significantly higher incomes than the average person. And yet because of what they do, many financial institutions don't treat them as if they are bringing that money in, in a legal way, which is not true. Like porn is hundred percent legal. Yeah, it's seen as dirty money, I think. So people don't want to associate with it. But for banks and things to not want to associate with people that are bringing in £100,000 a month on their head, be it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you don't want that kind of cash sitting in your bank, then fine. I'm not going to sit and argue with people that, that don't see it as a job because it is a job and I'm not about to try and sit and explain to anyone. I always say call it a satsuma if you want, like it's bringing in money for me. I don't care what you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, It's still, everybody works to make money and uh, my work is making more money than most work. Yeah. <laughs> it was not got the real job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think it also like comes back down to like how these financial services companies just need to like move in to modern day because yeah. I'm sure, you know, this probably impacted you a couple years ago. OnlyFans even said that they had to really like cool it on adult entertainment because their bank and their financial partners were having trouble validating their income as a, you know, multi-billion dollar empire. It's kind of crazy to me that that's still the case. Yeah, I know that in MasterCard do have certain rules when working alongside sites like this. Um, so Tim Stokely was the CEO of OnlyFans and his choice mm-hmm. was to get rid of all sexual content and carry it on as like a mainstream sort of social media because MasterCard said that they were going to pull out mm. unless all the 
content met with their requirements. But there was a new CEO that, you know, took over. She's female. Mm -hmm. And she decided that, you know, we should stay. And yes, it was going to be hard work to take off all the content that, you know, went against MasterCard's rules. But that's what she was going to do. Um, So there are, obviously, MasterCard do have strict rules. But they are things that I can understand as well. And they are rules that are trying to keep people safe, like public nudity Mm -hmm. and things like Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize you go out in public and get nude you can be on the sex offenders register for life it doesn't matter if you're (laughs) you know if you're just doing OnlyFans content or what and you know OnlyFans and MasterCard don't want those sort of charges on their back by selling that content so I can understand in some ways I'm just grateful that obviously they have said that there is some sexually explicit content that is allowed but they do have lines and limits which I think everybody should have as long as they're not like just discriminating sex work as a whole but it's just sort of stuff that they could get in trouble for that they you know they won't support but I'm just glad that a woman's taken over OnlyFans as well because she's making better decisions (laughs) yeah I I hate if I mispronounce her name but Ami Gan is like fucking crushing it so we love her yeah to kind of wrap up this episode, I wanted to do a fun question lightning round. These will cover pretty much everything. Okay. And I think you'll find them to be quite fun. So first question, since your newfound fortune, what is the like thing that each of your kids have asked for that you gave them, that you got them? Oh, that's a hard, probably a holiday abroad. They've never been abroad before I did. Oh, wow. And they say, obviously, how their friends always go abroad. So they've been to Tenerife and Gran Canaria and Greece since. So, yeah, that would be a joint one of a, a holiday abroad. That's a good, that's a really good one. And it probably is like a core memory for them. Oh, yeah, remember, yeah. Like, holidays I've had. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Amazing. What was the biggest money mistake you have ever made? Um, probably the first year not putting aside my tax. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one that a lot of people make. (laughs) Yeah, I assumed that it was so, now I look back at it, it's so silly, but I assumed that the 20% that OnlyFans talk covered my tax. It's fine, it's fine. But luckily I managed to sort that out and I am now not in debt with HMRC. Uh, I love that. That is a very good warning to all of the creators and people who are um, working for themselves that are listening as well. Yes. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. What is something that you would never do on camera? (laughs) Um, What would I never do on camera? Take a dump. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't do scat content. <laughs> that is, you know, that's totally fair. Everybody has There's not much. I won't do on camera. But yeah, I'm not happy to do that one. 
<laughs> How would you feel if one of your kids got into the adult entertainment industry? Um, obviously, if they were old enough, I'd be supportive. You know, I am so against capitalism. <laughs> I'm like, you do what you need to do to survive in the world. And obviously, I'll help wherever I can and I'll support you wherever I can. Because at the end of the day, I want my children to be happy. And if they think that's, you know, well, so who am I to judge? I can't say, no, that's disgusting. Have some self-respect and dignity. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would support them 100%. Okay, this is a two two part question. What is something that you have bought yourself that is one hundred percent worth the money, and what is something that you're like, damn, I should not have gotten that? Okay, so the best thing that I've done with my money out of everything is passed my driving test one hundred percent. So driving <laughs> and driving test that has just opened up so many different opportunities for me I no longer have to get in the bus everywhere um so yeah driving test and driving lessons and did you buy a car I did buy a car yeah I've nice. got a Porsche but I wouldn't say oh that's... okay <laughs> she's fancy I wouldn't say that I could manage with you know a Ford KA or anything but obviously yeah. without the test itself it, it's all pointless so yeah that was one of the best things I did for myself um one of the worst things I'd probably say giving money to people that have really, really screwed me over. So I've paid off their, their family members. Well, I gave them dip, the deposit for a mortgage, £20,000. And, you know, they've not really, like, looked after me or mm. remembered it. So I think just giving money, helping people out where I probably shouldn't have. I wouldn't ever ask for it back or anything. I just wish that they'd sort of helped me when I needed not financially you know just like just childcare supportive and things yeah. like that yeah just being a bit supportive people in my family don't like talking about my job and I get that but at the end of the day I bought these houses outright and when I first moved into this house I didn't get like a new house card I was like I've bought this cash outright and it's just that lack of support so probably yeah. helping people I shouldn't have helped yeah um can we uh, quick pause on the lightning round I do want to take a moment to address this because I think a lot of the listeners and people who are the first people in their families to make a lot of money, immigrants, people who just are coming into money for the first time. How are you able to set those boundaries? Obviously, it sounds like a couple people took your kindness for granted. I've struggled. I'm not going to lie. I find it really hard to say no to people. Um, And obviously, at the beginning, it was like, oh, I don't have any food. I don't have any gas electric. I was like, yeah, no problem. Of course, I'll help you. But then it got to the point where, oh, I need a new car. I need a holiday with my family. And I was so used to giving them money and so scared of saying no that I thought I was like yeah 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 do that but it's only been recently where I've been massively screwed over by a family member that I've put my foot down and I've sort like say only pay myself three thousand I will not dip into because people don't realize when they ask for money I have to take it out as a dividend and then pay tax on that so it's Mm -hmm. actually more than what they're asking for so yeah I've sort of locked myself in at three thousand pound a month and I refuse to dip into money for anybody else unless obviously it's someone that I love and they need something important but I'm done with paying people's mortgages and buying cars and stuff I'm done with it (laughs) good good for you you deserve to like put yourself first yeah money changes a lot of people and I mean like the people around me and everything as well is it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) money changes a lot of people but frankly I think it just amplifies or makes worse who you used to be like it doesn't like if you were a certain way before you are a certain way now. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
that's especially true with you. You were kind before, so now you're extra kind, but like you have the ability to like give back in that way. But like if someone was like a greedy leech, like they're going to be a worse person now that you have so much more money. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely true. I agree. Okay. We are going to do a fun financial calculation, but I can do it for you uh, because I know you're on your phone. What is your FU number? And this is calculated by closing your eyes and thinking, how much money would I need to live very comfortably for one year? For one year. Um, to live very comfortably for one year. 200,000. Okay. So 200,000. And then we are going to divide that by 0.04 because that is the 4% return that you would be able to get on you know, an average diversified stock portfolio. Yeah. Your FU number is actually much smaller than I anticipated. It's 5 million. And once you actually hit $5 million in the stock market, like in investments, you will be able to make your annual amount that you would need to live comfortably on interest. Okay. Yeah. So just a fun little math equation. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to think about that. (laughs) Yeah. If you're like, "Mm, from then on, I can become a producer instead of on-camera talent. Like certainly that's something you could consider. Yeah. Okay. So up next, what is the most fun scene you've ever done for work? Or just, you can tell us the title of the video. I did a parody of The Mummy and we called it The Mummy and it was to it was me and Rebecca Moore and a guy called Sam Bourne. Me and Rebecca Moore have big mommy milkers. <laughs> <laughs> so she was um Queen Mommy Milker, so that was her name and we all banged over a coffin. <laughs> there was no one in the coffin. Oh, yeah. I want, that wasn't my fault. We were disrespecting the dad. <laughs> that that is honestly, I love that a lot of your videos and a lot of your shoots seem to just be like comedy parodies of movies yeah. that you like. Yeah, because that's <laughs> what I love doing. Like, I'm not gonna, I can't stand here and be like, oh yeah, you want to see my pussy and stuff. Yeah. I, can't, I can't do it. So I've got to have something where I'm on a coffin or I did another one called the Lord of My Ring where I uh, worked with a four foot eight hobbit and I was an elf and we found a hobbit hole in a hill and yeah, <laughs> really cool. I just love doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> I feel like in another life, you were 100% either like a comedian or like one of those people who like goes to like Comic Con every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is one thing that you wish most people actually knew about adult entertainers? Hmm, I don't know if it's the same for every adult entertainer, but I don't, I've never had an orgasm on set like it is never no it is full-on acting like I've never gone in and enjoyed it and it's literally like oh yeah yeah okay what does anyone want a cup of tea like that sort of thing it's nothing like obviously I don't want to ruin the illusion for everyone but yeah but it is yeah it's nothing like what you think it's going to be so when people say it's not a job just know that I'm stood on the side of the set shaking like a leaf waiting and the whole time I'm like it's the camera on my belly but I'm having to act as well so I'm going oh, oh, oh. and it's just yeah it is work it's hard work it's the same as acting in the in any other film but obviously a lot more intimate and it's just nerve-wracking yeah. so it is a job it's definitely a job <laughs> oh my gosh I mean like I forgot 
forget about all that. I'm like, you're like, okay, I have to like have sex on camera, look appealing, suck in, look good, make yeah. sure that my double chin's not showing. Like there's just so many things to like, you know, think about. And that's, that's we crazy. We always take the photos first of the positions that we're going to be in. So we do like oh, really? photos first and then we have to memorize what order we've taken the photos in and get from that position, switch into the other one. And it's just a whole lot going off and the people just think we click go on a camera and we, you know. Yeah. And it's not how it is. So it's not, it's not even organic. Like you guys didn't just decide the positions. Like these positions were specifically designed. Yeah, yeah. We do it in accordance to the photos so that we know where everyone, otherwise it gets a mess because usually there's quite a few people in my videos. So we yeah. don't want to be tripping up over bowls and stuff. So yeah. yeah, we sort of have to plan it all out beforehand. So there's not any enjoyment in it for me. Like, no, no. You just like coming up with the fun ideas. Yeah, I like the doing things. <laughs> yeah. So... And what is the one thing you love most about the adult industry and the one thing you dislike the most? Um, the one thing I like most about doing the job that I do is the freedom that it gives me. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's through being self-employed, but I get to choose when I work. You know, that's even above the money. Like, that is the best yeah. thing. 100%. The worst is probably the discrimination I receive from, like... I don't mind so much haters on the internet because that's free content because I always reply to their comments with sassy, yeah. sarcastic Yeah, that's content. engagement. Yeah, I love that. And it boosts my algorithm. So not them, but, like, hotels and banks and things like mm -hmm. that, you know. Uh, that's I've been turned away from hotels before. I drove to Scotland from England um, and they let me know 10 minutes before that I wasn't welcome in their hotel because of the job that I did. But I wasn't going to work. I was actually going to meet a guy that I was seeing at the time. We had no camera equipment no lights no nothing but they just refused to let me and obviously I've driven from England to Scotland which are two different countries <laughs> <laughs> so it was a bit of a nightmare but um yeah I managed to get it sorted so that is probably the worst part of the discrimination I mean I think it's so unfounded and I'm really sad to hear that that's still the case today and I really hope that going forward that changes think, and gets better. I think the stigma is loosening. Obviously, it's going to take a while for people yeah. to accept it as just any other job. Uh, but the I think there's been a lot, especially with OnlyFans being so you know popular at the moment. It's uh, yeah, it's working. Perfect. And last fun question: If you were not doing your current job and money didn't matter, what job would you choose? Just any dream job. I always, before this, I always wanted to be a geology lecturer. So I'm obsessed with... Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. What? <laughs> I'm obsessed with rivers, sources, just everything to do with natural disasters, rocks, volcanoes. I'm obsessed with David Attenborough. <laughs> I love him so much with all my heart. Um, yeah, I've literally just had to drag myself from the Peak District to come and have this podcast because I just sit in grass all day. Um, but yeah, I've always wanted to do something that's around nature. Um geography geology and the only way that I could you know really at that, that time think of implementing that was to teach it so mm -hmm. um yeah definitely something to do with geography geology or I'd, I'd just be with David Attenborough for the rest of my life but I don't think he's got long left <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca that is the coolest but also like weird like you're a weirdo I love that I'm, about you I guess I'm still working with rocks in some way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know, you are so, so fun and quirky and such a business person. I, I, I'm just completely blown away. I have had so much fun on this interview, but I would love to know what's next for you, your business, and where can everybody find you? 
Um, what's next for me is I'm going to be doing men's, it's called men's whoring. So um, <laughs> I'm going to be teaching other women as well. And men, you know, people that want to do this industry, people that have already started, but just need some tips and things. Yeah. So I'm going to be incorporating that into a bit of tutoring. Um, and yeah, just more fun videos and lots, because that's what I love doing, lots of TikTok yeah. and things like that. But you can find me on rebeccagoodwin.co.uk. All my links are available on there. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for spending some time with me. You are truly a delight. You are so intelligent and funny. And, you you. know, I I feel like I learned so much from talking to you. um, And I hope that our listeners get just as much as I did out of this chat. Lovely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been brilliant. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Your Rich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye.